Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. I'm your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil. Just sitting here in my lair of eternal damnation on day 77 of the shelter-in-place lockdown quarantine. Well, at least I have my horror movies to watch and all of you, my listeners out there in podcast land to talk to. So let's get to it. It's time for Quick Reflections, Reflections, Reflections. (laughs) Tonight I have four Quick Reflections. So, in chronological order, the first Quick Reflection is 1983's Curtains. This was going to be an episode by itself, but then it turned out to be meh, so it didn't. So it gets to be here in Quick Reflections. It has some good ideas and an okay twist ending, but I don't think I need to see it again. But feel free to give it a watch if you have an evening to kill. (laughs) Quick reflection number two is 2016's The Dwelling. Now this one I actually enjoyed. The whole movie centers around an emperor-sized bed. Yes, it's a real thing. I looked it up that punishes guilty people that touch it. It had some great kills, a good story, and a justified twist ending. It's a definite (laughs) must-see. Quick reflection number three. 2019's Don't Run. Now, this is another movie that centers around a bed and a teenager who must be in bed before sundown or face the consequences. This one was also a great concept with an interesting twist at the end. (laughs) So many twists. Uh, Yeah, so definitely give this one a watch. These are all usually on Amazon Prime or wherever you find your horror movies. Now for the final quick reflection. Another from 2019 called I See You. This one with Helen Hunt. Sadly, I see her looking awful in this movie, but the movie is pretty good. It's really three stories in one, and at first you think it's supernatural, then you see the same thing from another perspective, and it reveals a whole other mystery, and they all come together at a crazy ending. This is a good watch, and definitely fun for, you know, a nice evening in. Well, that's it for Quick Reflections. Wow, that just went by so quickly. (laughs) If any of my listeners out there in podcast land, insert name here, have any suggestions for movies they think I would like for Quick Reflections or an episode of the podcast even, you can message me at EvilQueenSF on both Instagram and Twitter or Reflections of Darkness on Instagram or... ROD underscore podcast on Twitter. And those will all be in the show notes, so you can always check back later. Now, on to tonight's main feature. Enjoy. (laughs) Tonight's movie is The Children from 1980. Now, this movie opens up on some dramatic horn playing while we're looking at the outside of like a nuclear plant or some sort of energy plant and a couple of people who are supposed to be checking out the problems, but they're like, fuck it, it's nothing, let's go get a beer. 
Everything's okay, topside. Did you find anything? Nah. I checked the intake and the outflow down here. Nothing. Uh, let's go back to control room now. Hey, you shitting me? It's quitting time. Yeah, but maybe there really was a, a pressure drop. Yeah, and uh, maybe they'll pay us overtime, huh? <laughs> hey, look. Those fat asses got no idea what's going on. Look, if we go back in, they're just going to send us back out here again. You want to do this again? Not my time. Let's get a beer. So they obviously take their job very seriously. Uh, so then we get a nice, slow panning shot as they drive away to a valve and a screw, and then we see some gas leak. And then the awesome title card of The Children. Cut to a bus of children, nightmare, singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall, and they are finished. They are down to one bottle of beer on the wall. That means they've been singing this that entire goddamn time. If I was that bus driver, I would have driven off a bridge. But he had more patience than I. Then they start singing, here's to the bus driver, bus driver, bus driver, here's to the bus driver, bus driver, man. As they turn towards the town of Ravensback, right through a giant cloud of gas. Dun dun dun! Cut to the sheriff coming onto a seemingly abandoned bus on the side of the road, right next to the cemetery. Hmm. He gets out, looks at the bus, the bus is still running, all the kids' stuff is on there but no one's around. Totally empty, creepy. I loved it. So the sheriff turns off the bus and drives down the road to what I think he says is the doctor's house. And there's a big angry uh, Doberman there and a very rude woman in a swimsuit who apparently is the doctor. Well, she's bitchy and angry for no reason because he's just there. And so she gets dressed, and they both go up and look at the empty bus, because I guess she didn't believe that he found an empty bus just down the road from her. Finally, the sheriff calls his deputy to set up a roadblock out on the interstate. Oh my god, Dr. McBitch is like, I'll just walk home then. And so he drives away. Then she sees something hiding amongst the gravestones. So she, obviously, being... Queen bitch herself is like, oh, I'll take care of this. And she walks over to the cemetery. Awesome killer suspense music. And then, bang, she trips over a dead body. The body of the bus driver. But he is horribly burned and, like, his face is all melty and gross. I didn't even realize it was him at first. And then Tommy, her son, appears. And he wants to give her a hug. So he goes to give her a hug and... She screams and all this gas flies out and you see his nails are black and then she just starts to burn like the bus driver. And so basically these kids are like super radioactive filled gas kids with black nails. Very goth, you know, Toxic Avenger idea. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so... Cut to the sheriff telling everyone not to worry. So he's driving around trying to find these children. He goes to the other uh, kids' houses and he goes to one 
and I don't know what the fuck this was. He goes and he's knocking on the front of the house. No one's answering. He goes to the back where the pool is, and there is this woman sunbathing in a shade in the shade with no top on, while her husband boy toy something is lifting weights next to her completely oiled up from head to toe in the tiniest little speedo and she sees the sheriff and she is they're both fucking loons because she's all like oh it doesn't matter whatever sheriff hart how nice is janet at home isn't she a little young for you sheriff she's only nine sure please i really haven't the faintest idea Jack, darling, have you seen Janet lurking around the house? No, sweet. She's always lurking around the house. I don't want to alarm you about your daughter, Miss Shaw. I discovered the school bus out by the cemetery. None of the children were on it. Neither was Fred Mansfield, the driver. Mansfield's a bit senile, if you ask me. He probably took them on an impromptu picnic or something. Did Janet say anything about a picnic this morning? I really haven't the faintest idea. I never rise before 10. Not now, love. Exactly what are you trying to tell us, Sheriff? That Janet is missing, along with all the other children of Raven's back. You don't think they've been kidnapped, do you? I don't know what to think. A kidnapping in Raven's back. Oh, Jack, how exciting! <laughs> So she's really, really concerned about her daughter. Ugh, these people. Okay, cut to a little girl walking down the center of the road until she hears a car coming. She runs off into the woods and hides behind a tree. But she holds on to the tree, so she lets us see those black nails so we know who she is. (laughs) Then the car pulls over because it's having engine issues or whatever, and the guy gets out. And he's playing in his, you know, hood. And the girl starts to slowly creep up on him. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Until, goddammit, the sheriff shows up and ruins her fun. And so she retreats back into the woods. And on her way home, where she sees her mother. And she sees her mother and she gives her a big hug and kills her. (laughs) Smoke roiling, flesh burning, nails black as night. Ooh, that sounded fun. Then her father comes out and he's like, what happened? She's like, daddy, and you get nothing because it cuts to another scene. Well, now cut to Deputy Harry, who is actually very cute in this movie, talking to his quote-unquote girlfriend. And she wants a kiss and she's hassling him, but he's at the, what is that thing? The, you know, where they blocked off the interstate? Not a block off, not a blockade. I said it earlier. What was it? Roadblock. <laughs> there it is. He said at his roadblock, and there's some other local yokels there. And she's like, well, fine, if you're not going to kiss me, I'm leaving. And so she <laughs> rides away on her bicycle. Then the yokels are like, oh, why didn't you want to kiss her? I'll kiss her for you, pervs. And then all of a sudden we get this very weird, out of nowhere scene that goes again nowhere this guy drives up in a i guess it's a limo of some kind but it's a very obviously 70s limo 
And the music coming out of the car is very 70s. The guy in the back seat is very 70s and completely loon. And they keep doing this thing where he'll talk to the officer and roll down the window and then lean back and roll up the window. Then he'll lean forward and roll down the window and talk and then lean back. And and it just kept going back and forth like that for a minute. I mean, you just have to listen to it. Got it. What's the problem? Sorry, but I'm afraid I can't let anybody in. Perhaps you could tell me what the problem is. No, sir. I take it you don't know who I am? No, sir. And nobody who doesn't live in Raven's Back is allowed in. Orders. Apparently you're new here in Raven's Back. I'm Sanford Butler Jones. You do know who Dee Shore is? Yes, sir. Why don't you just ring Dee Dee up, and I'm sure everything will be cool. So, Mr. Sanford Butler Jones, he drives away in this car, and that's the last we ever see of him. They never talk about him again, they never show a dead body of him, they never see that limo, nothing. Now, reading up on this movie, I found out that Mr. Sanford Butler Jones, whoever he was played by, was also the uh, drug dealer for people on set. (laughs) Clearly, he's playing his part. Just playing his part. Anyway, it was a very weird scene that really didn't even need to be in there, but it was very funny, so I'm glad it was in there. Does that make sense? Then we cut back to the horny farm girl who is now delivering apples to a Mrs. Peterson. She's walking through this woman's house, and the music is so dramatic, and then nothing happens, and... She drops all the apples on the stairs and then just leaves. I'm like, you you didn't want to pick those up and like put them on a table or something? No, you're just going to leave the apples on the floor. Oh, okay. So while she's leaving, she sees her little brother, Paul. That's weird. He really looks like he wants a hug. So she's trying to get away and trying to run away from her creepy little brother who wants to hug her. Runs inside a barn, and then all you hear is the scream. You don't actually get to see the horny farm girl die. Oh, well. Then the dad gets it, too. Right after. These kids are so... I mean, honestly, if you see a little kid, arms stretched out, coming to hug you, you're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you creepy? I would never have died in this movie. (laughs) Children don't like to hug evil anyway, so it doesn't matter. So cut to John's house. So John is the guy who had the car trouble on the road. And he's going to be one of the main characters in this movie. I know we're already almost halfway through this movie and we finally get a main character. But it's John, his wife, their children. Uh, They had one son that stayed at home that had a nice little fake out when he went to grab his dad and his dad grabbed him and nothing happened you're like oh that's not one of the children because he doesn't have black nails fun fact the guy who plays john was in saturday night fever i don't know just interesting little tidbit there and he's probably the best actor in this whole movie sadly now cut back to the deputy driving uh, away from the roadblock 
and he drives up on three of the children and he phones into the town uh i want to say town busybody and says i found them i found them they're here i'm gonna put them in my car but he gets out and they all want to hug uh-oh then we cut back to sheriff and john now together in the sheriff's car finding the deputy's car on the roadside abandoned and they find poor harry the deputy fried in the ditch so john and the sheriff go back to dr gould's place so you know the bitchy doctor from the earlier they go to her house and no one's answering and the dog isn't barking which is weird so they break into the house looking for something and they hear something in one of the closets and they open the closet and the fried body of the poor doberman falls out now this is one of those things that doesn't happen a lot in movies or scary movies but where you get you know one of the animals actually dies it's usually a fake out or something like you'll see fur and stuff but it's not actually the animal that died so this one actually has a dead animal in it which is not that great they also find a dead person fried on the piano and also they find out that the phone is dead so john and sheriff leave and they roll up on one of the kids and puts her in the back of the car uh the kid's name is janet janet is the loon's kid that was sitting by the pool uh, and they try to take her home but no one is there again until he finds muscle man fried by the pool then we get a shot of janet in the back of the car and her nails turn black while she's sitting there you actually see them turn black which is actually a really cool effect then she tries to get the sheriff but the sheriff gets away and she gets out of the car and just walks away and john and the sheriff just drive away they're like okay so they're figuring out that the kids are the issue but they did just leave a little kid alone in a house that had a fried man by the pool i don't know some of these adults aren't making very good decisions now cut to molly that's the name of the busybody in town that has a radio uh she's with her gun at the general store and she sees the children outside and she messages um the sheriff oh the children are here the children are here i'm gonna go get them and bring them in and then all you see is a zoom in on the radio and the the sheriff you know no no stay away from them and then all you get is you hear Molly screaming on the other end of the radio while Sheriff and the John listens. Well, sorry, Molly, you're toast. All right, now, I know I'm jumping around a lot, but this movie just kind of does that. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know, it kept me very interested. I, I clearly liked this movie. All right, so now we're back at John's house, and his wife is there waiting by herself. And her son is upstairs sleeping. And you get this awful scene <laughs> where she's clearly like eight, nine months pregnant. And she sits down and just lights up a cigarette and then pats her stomach and goes, sorry. <laughs> like, bitch, okay, now you deserve to die. Okay, don't smoke while you're pregnant. And then don't say sorry to your little bump. Oh, that was so tacky. 
Another thing they don't do in movies, pregnant women don't smoke. But I mean, this was 1980. It was probably filmed in 79. So, I mean, pregnant women did smoke back then, uh, which is awful. So cut back to John and the sheriff coming back to John's house. Tries the phone again. All the phones are dead everywhere. Now, did the kids knock down the phone lines too? I mean, were they really that smart? I don't know. I mean, they didn't cut the electricity because all of a sudden uh, the sheriff is watching the TV and the TV has a bulletin. Massachusetts State Police all over the place, Billy. Calls from frantic parents. They have issued no official statement. Towns reporting... Sheffield, New Berlin, Salisbury, Hillsdale, Great Barrington, and Kingston. I don't even know we're here. In another unrelated incident, the Northern Tier nuclear facility was forced to shut down today because of a pressure drop in the main... So the news is reporting that there are all these children missing, but they'd never say Raven's back, so people don't even know that they need help. Then, he says in a totally unrelated incident, there was a pressure drop at the nuclear power plant. How is that totally unrelated? I mean, why would you think all of a sudden there's a nuclear thing and all these children are missing? I don't know. To me, it seems related, but, you know, I saw the movie. <laughs> anyway, finally, the sheriff and John and his wife know that it's everywhere. The bulletin on the TV also gave me uh, Night of the Living Dead vibes, like when the news reporter was reporting about that. So I like that nice little... Uh, what is it? Not tie-in, but, you know, related, inspired by, maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Finally, the sheriff and John corner one of the children, Jenny, John's daughter, and she grabs his hand and totes burns it, but doesn't kill him totally because she doesn't get, a, you know, a good hold on him. And they're shooting the children, and the children fall down and then get right back up. So shooting doesn't do anything to them. They just don't die. And there's no blood. So then it's lock the house down and don't let them in. Very Night of the Living Dead-esque again. Then the stupid wife knocks the sheriff out, screaming, the children, the children, as he's trying to shoot them. Dang. Keep getting up. No! They're only children! So while the sheriff is knocked out downstairs, and Kathy is having a mental breakdown and John's trying to convince her that all the children are evil and need to be shot, even though that doesn't work. We cut to the outside of the house where one of the little kids is climbing up the side of the house and goes into the second story window and starts scratching at the screen to get the little boy that was homesick that's not crazy uh, to let him in. So the little kid gets out of bed thinking, oh, this is a game. He opens the window and they do this little hide and seek game for a minute where the one boy crawls into the bed and then the 
guy boy with the black nails crawls under the bed the boy crawls out of the other side and crawls under something else and then they go out and in and then finally the little boy goes into the closet and then it cuts back downstairs now you never hear the little boy scream but it is revealed later that he is fried so see again another thing about this movie they kill children they kill dogs it's a very weird movie and you're shooting children I mean, the movie is called The Children, so you're going to have to do something to them. But. So they find the little boy upstairs dead, and then they find the boy who got in, and he starts walking at them, you know, arms outstretched, wanting a hug. Creepy. Creepy, creepy. And so they get, he gets all the way downstairs, and he's going towards the mom, who totally does need to die. Seriously, I don't care if she's pregnant. She's a terrible person. Um... He's walking towards her with his arms outstretched, wanting a hug. And then all of a sudden you see John just machete his hands off. <laughs> and the kid just falls back and is dead. And then the hands fall down and you see them laying there. And then you see the, the little black nails go clear. But there's no blood anywhere. These kids never bleed. So whatever this radiation did to them, it dried up their blood. Uh... But it was a really cool scene is their hands just laying there and the kid just falling back dead. So now they know how to kill them. You have to cut off their hands. Hands. God, if they get those hands on you. Bullets have no effect on them. John, we've got to cut off their hands. That's where they're vulnerable. Where's Jenny? She's one of them, Kathy. No. Jenny's our daughter. She was our daughter. She still is for me. You forget what she did to me. So then there's the whole thing with the mom, you know, the smoker, about losing her daughter Jenny, even though they just lost their son Clark upstairs, which she doesn't really seem to, you know, remember. And, you know, she's pregnant and smoking. Um, woman, priorities. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so John and the sheriff go hunting the kids, looking to cut their hands off with a machete and an axe. Why would you not wait till sunrise? Walking around this dark forest area in dark buildings and barns. Okay, it's a horror movie. It needs to be scary. They're going to do that. Okay, I get it. But personally, I would wait until sunrise. That's just me. Now, <laughs> there's a very good jump scare with a chicken. <laughs> You'll have to watch it to see. <laughs> Then they see all the children, the children, the children, the children, uh, heading towards the barn. The suspense music in this is pretty great. BT dubs. This movie is done by the same guy who did Friday the 13th movies. Uh, Harry Manfredini, Manfredini, something like that. Um, and this one came out around the same time as the first Friday the 13th. So they sound almost exact in some points. So it's like you're almost watching Friday the 13th. But the music, again, is amazing. All right, so then they corner the children. And John can't do anything because it's his daughter there. So the sheriff hacks them all up with an axe. Another fun fact about this soundtrack is anytime the children were dying or getting hurt or their, uh, you know, their hands were being chopped off, they use this sound, this weird, moany kind of sound. And I looked it up. And what it is, is cats in heat 
slowed down. <laughs> oh, listen. Now that is creepy. <laughs> so it's over and the sheriff goes out to his car to radio for help. And then there's this one girl that they thought they got earlier, but they only cut off one of her hands and she's in the back of his car waiting for him. And she puts that one arm around his neck and he is toast. Goodbye, deep fried sheriff. And she gets out of the car, goes around, and there's John to hack her up and some more cat noises. And then it's over. And then it still keeps going. Okay, so all the children are dead, for sure. We've counted them all. And so he goes inside to his wife, his pregnant wife, who screams and is now ready to get birth, give birth. At home? Well, there is no phones, I guess, and his car is unreliable, though the sheriff's car was there. But the wife just goes, boil some water, get some towels, sterilize a knife. Okay, so then it's a voiceover as the baby's being born and the sun is rising and there's dead bodies all around with no hands and she's pushing and pushing and, oh, it's a girl, ten fingers and ten toes. Soft, sweet music playing. Something is going to go wrong here. And so they pan over to the mother, breastfeeding the child. And the baby has black nails. Ah! Oh, God. Well, that was the children. <laughs> now, this movie was a bit of crazy. It was a fun idea. It had fun kills. It had quirky characters. Uh, it had interesting special effects. It had a great soundtrack. And yeah, I'm surprised. Again, it's not more popular. I'd never seen it before. So again, I'd say this is a good, if it's on, watch it. If you've never seen it, watch it. I don't know that I'll be buying it anytime soon. But again, it's a really fun 80s early 80s, late 70s, horror movie. So now for the rating. I give this one hmm, eight black nails out of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I say eight out of 10. That makes me want to go paint my nails black. Hmm, feeling gothy. <laughs> As always, you can follow me online. You can send me messages, send me ideas, thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. Evil Queen SF on both Instagram and Twitter, and Reflections of Darkness on Instagram, and ROD underscore podcast on Twitter. And as always, keep watching scary movies. <laughs>